Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Coming up on Squats and Margaritas. I have had to find versions of myself that I haven't had to tap into in a while. And so I've had to put on a lot of different hats. I've had to... Yeah. Like literally look my anxiety in the mirror and be like, girl, no, we're not doing this today. Anxiety not winning. Let's get back yes. to this like, thing. Like it's just not going to happen because I've let my anxiety keep me from putting out my own things for years and I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not allowing my emotions, which change you know, all the time to stop me from what I'm supposed to do. Hey, senorita, really nice to meet ya. Have some tequila and say, First of all, squats and margaritas is like the best name for a podcast. <laughs> Thank you. I was always calculating calories and macros. And when I just calmed the F down, I found my physical ideal. Am I addicted to moderate drinking? You're very subtly admitting powerlessness and unmanageability. And I'm proud yeah. of you. That's beautiful. Did you struggle with actual eating disorders? Anorexia and bulimia. Um, wow, thank you for saying for me, that. Katie Couric. Nothing screws up a kid more than having a parent on top of that kid all the time. Kenya Moore. Before I take a shower, I would always step on scale. And I saw my daughter starting to do that. Like, she doesn't know how to even read the numbers, but yeah. she saw me doing it. Actress Melissa Joan Hart. I remember the first time I was told I could be a movie star if I was lost 10 pounds when I weighed 103. Pink Cole, were you high when you came up with the name? I was very high. <laughs> this is Squats and Margaritas. This week on Squats and Margaritas, it's award-winning entertainment journalist and media personality, Gia Peppers. We met on Pinky Cole's American Sesh, but unfortunately, we're seated so far away from each other that not only could we not see each other on the panel, but we didn't even meet. I know now that she had to fly back to L.A. right after the sesh, so we will rectify that today. Please do me a favor and hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this episode, and please take two seconds to just leave me a quick review for Squats and Margaritas on Apple Podcasts. Here is my episode with Gia Peppers. Hi. Hello, gorgeous. I mentioned in the intro, we were both on American Sesh together, which I'm not sure if we're allowed to talk about exactly what that was yet. So I'm not going to say what it was, but I said we were on a panel and we could not have been seated further apart. Like I couldn't even see you. Yeah, it was the weird <laughs> circle. Yeah. So we didn't even meet like we were on the same panel, but then you had to fly back to L.A. And yes. like, I, like I said, I could hear you talking. But I was on the right of Pinky. You were to the left of Derek. So I couldn't even I was just like, hey, girl, we're meeting here today. You grew up in the DMV. I know your dad was a journalist. Mm -hmm. uh, is that what sparked you wanting to do what you do now? Yeah. So my my dad is a huge part of it. I think there's a lot of inspiration that comes to mind, but it's a it's several things. So basically, my mom is a doctor. She was not really here for like a career in the arts and growing up in the D she's a third generation Washingtonian herself. So growing up in this area, you see a lot of talented people, especially before like the two thousands that 
didn't really make it far in entertainment because DC is all about like politics and you know, the, 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 the blue collar jobs or doctors, lawyer, like more of those professional careers than in any, anything in entertainment. And she hadn't really seen anybody make it. So she was always like, you got to have a backup plan. Like you got to have a job, you got to have a degree. And I always grew up singing, dancing, acting, loving that more than anything else. So I always say she was like Cheryl Lee Ralph in the movie sister act two, when she was telling <laughs> Lauren Hill that the choir and the competition is out. Like my yes. mom was all that, but it ended up helping me, helping me because I was able to use my love of creativity uh, and put it into journalism. And I also always grew up loving talk shows. Like my mom said, I was a baby that couldn't be placed in timeout because I would be hosting talk shows in my room with my dolls <laughs> and I would stay up with her or when I was a baby, I wouldn't sleep. We would watch Arsenio Hall and some of my first phrases were woo, woo, woo. So like, I just was always a kid of the culture, always loved storytelling. And I always loved um, people's drive behind how they show up in this space because this is a hard business. So I, I, and I didn't know that then I was just more in, enthralled by people who like were able to accomplish dreams in entertainment. Uh, and so, yeah, in high school, I did morning news. When I went to college, I started studying uh, journalism and my dad was just like, you got to go to get internships. And so I started interning and then hustling and, you know, I haven't stopped since literally. Yes. It's so interesting. We couldn't have different stories on how we came to like what we're doing. Yeah. Like I had no clue that I want to do this. I was an athlete. I was a division one college soccer player. Mm -hmm. And then I just said I was going to be a stay at home mom. And during the pandemic, I was just going live Gia, like what in the hell am I supposed to do with a two and a four year old when the schools are closed and the playgrounds were closed mm -hmm. and a program director at WTOP in DC was watching me every week. I would just be like, pour a cocktail. We're going to talk about momming in a pandemic. And it was yeah. this little Instagram live show. I had no other aspirations except just entertaining moms and getting through the pandemic. And she was watching me every week and I did it for a couple of months and she called me and she's like, this is a show WTOP will produce it. And they sent me all the stuff and I have a podcast now. And it's the, my favorite thing I've ever done. Never could have seen it coming was yes. like zero aspiration. And now I know that I'm on this planet to share inspiring stories. We have a similar why to inspire other women to feel seen and not alone. And I love what I do, but I had no clue that I was ever going to do this. And, and now I'm hosting a show. I love it. Look, it, <laughs> that's, that's why the storytelling is so important because a lot of people have different paths to the same yes. place. And when I think of like my audience members and the people who do support me and watch, I'm like, there's some little girl watching that's like, I don't have money for a mic, but I want to tell my story. Yes. And, you know, she could hear this and be like, oh my goodness, you know, she didn't even know she wanted to do it. And it just came to her and I can still do this. So I love that, um, you know, we get the different, versions of yes. the bottom line is what's supposed to happen in your life will get to you. Like, well, it will come to you and you can have it. 100%. And you mentioned like a little girl seeing you, you always talk about how diversity and representation matters. Uh, can you talk about, I know coming up like kindergarten through eighth grade, like elementary, you were in a mostly white school mm -hmm. and you said you had to be like a chameleon. Can you talk about that time and kind of how that shaped you um, to want to be a figure for another black girl to see that somebody can do this. Yeah. So that time was really interesting in my life. So my, my growing up in DC and Maryland, we were enthralled, entrenched in black 
miss. Like it was the chocolate city. Chocolate city. I'm 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 a black child. Like my parents are black. Everybody's black in my family. Like that was PG yeah. County. Growing up in DC and PG, like that's really all we knew. And yeah. so when my mom started working in different um, parts of the the healthcare arm of the government, she wanted us to make sure that we were closer to her office and in a private school, Catholic school, a school that was based in religion. So we went to a school called Holy Cross. Um, and I had gone before then to a all like black, very small in a home preschool, but all the children were brilliant because all the teachers taught us how to do everything before we even got to school. And so I went from being surrounded by like a class of like, you know, six young black kids from like two to four and really five because I, I was late in my start for Holy Cross. But when I got there, I was reading and teaching kids how to read and I knew how to do all this stuff. Like I was art. I was just looking around like, y'all don't know how to read. Like, like it was interesting. <laughs> but I, as I grew older, my mom made sure that even though we were in mostly white spaces in our schooling, everything outside of our schooling was 100% black. And the reason why I say the chameleon is because when you are in your formative years of, you know, 10, 11, 12, you are trying to figure out where you belong in the world. And you're like, boys are now a thing. And, you know, yeah. you're trying to figure out if you're pretty and what do you sound like? Who do you look up to? And I thank God for my mom putting us in black things outside of school. Cause I probably would have not really understood who I was without it. And so when I would be in the white spaces, I would feel like I don't belong there. And then I'll be in the black spaces. And I feel like I don't belong there because I was too black for the white kids and too white for the black kids. Code switching is not, is not foreign to the black experience at all but it's 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 hard when you learn it when you're so young because you're trying to figure out who you are so yes. it was really interesting to experience that i am not mad at my parents putting me in that school but sometimes i'm like yeah you could have let me do the, the middle school like let, let me out a little bit earlier but thank god for my high school it was so good i was surrounded by all types of people but there was so many black kids that like I learned to affirm myself at 14, 15. like if I hadn't had that at 14, 15, 16, I don't know who what I would I would have been. One, you don't know until Dr. King's, you know, holiday and we're watching films and all the white kids are looking at you like, and you're like, yeah, what? how did I, what I do? I, like, you know, yeah. I just like, got goosebumps when you said you don't know. My children are biracial. And yeah. I, they're seven and five. Yeah. So I worry more about my daughter, especially because I struggle so much with like body image and comparing and just not having self-worth. So it is like my mission that she will not. But when we moved to the South, she's the only, so there's a black boy in her class and Amaya, my daughter, and everyone else is white. It is yeah. just in a pre predominantly white area. It was not like that in the DMV where we, I mean, I, I mean, she had 10 friends that were like mixed children that she played with, but here it's very different. And she's not noticed or like ever asked me that now that we're down here, we are near my, whatever I call him, my estranged husband's family. Um, so they're all black. They're all, her cousins are black. She doesn't look like them, obviously. And she never has asked me, or then we'll go play with my sister's kids who are blonde hair, blue eyes, obviously don't look like my kids. No, there's no question. I'm just like waiting for her to be like, they don't, fit in either way. And I like when you're saying like that about being a chameleon, I want them to be their authentic self and not have to like conform to mm -hmm. be like anyone but themselves. They're not asking the question. 
I don't know. I don't want to like put something on them. Like, you know, you realize no, too let early. Them be a kid. Yeah. Let them be a kid. Th- but then people are like, if you don't put it on them, like you just said, like someone they're putting on the Martin Luther King speech and everyone's looking at you. Who did I talk to about this? She was like, you have to uh, equip them. Cause someone on the playground is going to be like, what are you? And my daughter's going to be like, a girl like she she's not equipped because I'm not telling her. But on the other hand, I don't want to put this heavy thing on her when she's not even seeing it. Yeah, that's <laughs> an interesting thing. I mean, you know, obviously I'm not mixed, so I don't know. No, I know, Right. But you're growing up and not feeling. Yeah. But I was going to say there's like a there is this um, it's on HBO Max, I believe, where it was like black like me, white like me. There is a film and a documentary and a series about this actual um, reality because so many children who are race, of mixed race do feel this. And so I mm-hmm. definitely think you should look at that because I think this this woman has a literal book about it and then did a docu-series about it too. But from, I don't have kids, but what I, what I know is like when I was, I didn't realize that there was major differences until we were old enough to have those conversations. I think maybe what your other um, guest was saying was like, having the talk with them about how proud they should be yes. of being representatives of many cultures. You know, yes. like, I think that's a, that's a beautiful way to put it. I, I think, I think God makes us who we are and, and we will be that. And then the world puts us in a, a box of who they think we are. So I do agree. Like having some talks about like, Oh, you should be proud. You know, you, you are both, um, you know, representing blackness and you are a white child as well. You have both. There's nothing wrong with that. I have some mixed friends who, who identify more in the black space. I have some mixed friends who identify more with their white side. I think it's yeah. more like, what you're exposed to when you're growing up. And then I have friends who are like, I'm both and like, you know, like it's just yeah. like one of those things yeah. where it's it's not, um, but we're old enough to have nuanced conversations. So I definitely think now, like maybe the conversations are more hopeful and more celebratory of the things you represent and allowing her to spend time with her dad's culture to find out, you know, more about her dad and yeah. your culture and your family to find out more about where you come from because, um, you know, we should be proud of who we are. We, we, of all that we are made to be, none of, none of us can choose that, that, that exactly. what we come into the world as, as white, black, you know, Spanish, Asian, we can't choose that. And so, um, I think that's beautiful that you start the celebratory, like, wow, look at you. That's so special. You know, I think it's that's special awesome. that, yeah, you get to be like, mommy's white, daddy's black. You get to be both like, mm-hmm. what a like special thing that she embodies. You were saying like, you don't have kids, so you're, you're not going to speak on that, but I know you want to, oh, yes, I, won't. I, won't I know I want to talk about dating. We're both firstborn perfectionists, like continuing, like nothing's ever good enough and like focused on our careers. Do you ever feel like being an ambitious woman mm-hmm. is like intimidating or off-putting to a man that's like, it's Gia Peppers, like he wants to talk to you, but it's like, you're intimidating. Do you ever feel like that comes into play? More squats and margaritas in a moment. Now this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now back to squats and margaritas. Yeah, sometimes it it makes me cringe because (laughs) I I've heard that from my friends. But even before I 
got into my career. Mm -hmm. So apparently there's something about me that my friends in high school were like, yeah, you just seem like you have it together. And I'm like, we're in high school. Who has it together? Like you what do is you're but you I have like a magic about an energy about you that like maybe not saying you don't need a man, but like I would feel intimidated. Yeah. And I understand that, but I also know that that weeds it out a little bit. And you're like, hey, oh, yeah, I'm intimidated now. I'm not even halfway to where I'm about to be. You're just so, getting started. So yeah. like if you are intimidated now and I've seen guys weed themselves out quite a bit. One of one of my guy friends was saying that there was someone who's interested, but they aren't going to say anything because I talk about God. And I'm like, that's all good, bro. I Bye. don't need nobody that got no issues with me talking about like a lot of these people weed themselves out and I am okay with that and also just like it's a part of my cross to carry unfortunately that just comes with the territory of being a person with a voice and yes. I have always had a voice and so I you know when I was in high school and I was dating I, my, my first love was amazing but at the end of the day he felt like I would be too big and literally was like, you're going places. I can't do this. And so it is a, it is the bane of my dating experience yes. that, that, that conversation, the you're going, and I'm just like, Ooh, okay. Guy align me with the man who's going somewhere that wants somebody to go with him because I can't do this. Like yeah. the, the conversation anymore. Cause it's just, it's kind of heartbreaking because I come from an ambitious woman. My mother is ambitious. She got so she still to this day works harder than anybody I know trying to get her to slow down. However, all of her friends are are like, don't work as hard as she do, does because I think she needs to slow down. But a lot of her friends are in high demand careers, doctors, lawyers, surgeons, and have husbands. So and she's I married. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, your dad is there for it. <laughs> with, with the reality that you can have a career you and your husband will have a great marriage and it can be hard and it's work and it's not fun all the time and <laughs> kids are stressful and you need to get an aunt and all that stuff. But like, I know it can work. I need to find just, I need my one person to find me. We need to find each other because it's not impossible. Just one guy, every other yes. guy can leave himself out. I just need my one. And, yes, and you've seen it work. Like, and so many times. I'm 10 years older than you. So I like, I'm so happy for you to like step into this and know this knowing now, because I mean, that's what happened. Yeah. I was like on my husband's arm and just wanted to be a stay at home mom and had no aspirations. And then like the show fell into my lap and then I started writing books. And then I got, um, I have a nonprofit now and I'm traveling and speaking and he's like, uh, uh, uh like, what is this? Because he signed up for this demure little on his arm, just wants to stay at home. I found and I know you get it. It's not, I'm not choosing career, but it is a purposeful alignment on exactly why I'm on this planet. And the only thing that is making it hard is my partner, my support person. And I finally was like, this is what I'm doing. I understand that I met you when I was 24 and I said, I want to be a stay at home mom, but I have evolved and found my calling and my purpose. And I'm, this is what I'm doing now. And he's not here for it, but wow. you have sorry, to be aligned. I'm also very spiritual. I'm just like kind of on the spiritual path. I have to share a couple of things that just happened to me. This is how I knew, like my foundation for the girls is called blue butterfly mm -hmm. for two, let's say two weeks, every single day, a blue butterfly was landing on my doorstep and not going away. And like every day I'd look out or my kids would be like, mommy, your butterfly. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, God, I see it. I don't know what to do with it, but you said this too. There's so much power on like 
what you've come out of. And I struggled for 20 years with body image, multiple eating disorders. And I came out of it and I wrote a book about like how to help other women. But what I am here for is to create a space for teen girls who are coming through it now and struggling with body image and self-worth. I went through that to create a space that wasn't there when I needed it. I called it blue butterfly. I go to like speak now and I see the butterfly everywhere and it's always blue. It was one particular day where he who will not be named was like, you should be home. These are your kids. Like you're going to speak in Nashville when you're a mom. Gia, Atlanta airport, biggest airport in the world. I could have stopped and went to the bathroom. I could have been a, a minute late in traffic. There's so many obstacles that could have changed things. I come through TSA. I could have made a right or a left. I, I go right. The bin, full body goosebumps. The bin that I was putting my shoes on had a blue butterfly sticker in it. Like I keep getting the, and I was like, there's no way that could have ever, I could have gone that way. I could, and I was like, he keeps giving me like, keep going. And like you said, just you knowing it now that your match will be aligned with seeing you evolve and be supportive of that and not feel triggered by that. I mean, you, you go as far as to say, you pray for your, your spouse. Can you yeah. share that? Cause that, that is the most beautiful thing. Yeah. My, one of my friends, Jovi and Zane, who is um, one of the upcoming guests on healed girl era. So I'm really excited for that conversation. She and I talk all the time. I asked her one day, I was in the middle of driving to New York from DC, which I did quite a bit um, in my days of hosting for the Washington wizards. And those times I would use to pray and vent to myself and just talk out loud or sing or whatever and get it out. And one day she called and was like, hey, how are you? And I'm just like, girl, I am angry that I'm single. Like, I'm so angry. It's been forever. Like, this is so annoying. It's 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 just not OK. And, you know, I, I think I had just gotten out of a situation that went left that, you know, I thought would be great. And I was just like, I keep meeting, I've tried nice guys. I've tried bad guys. I've tried guys who are ambitious. I've tried guys who aren't like, I don't understand. And she was just like, I need you to breathe. And I need you to know, like I was where you are. She's now married with like a beautiful child. Um, And and that time she was engaged and she was just like, I started to pray for my future partner. And I didn't know who it was going to be. I was dating a couple guys at the time, but I knew how I needed his heart to be. So you need to pray for your partner. You need to pray that he's doing okay. You need to pray that he's waking up and feeling loved. You need to pray that he's um, feeling emotionally ready for love. You need to pray that his heart is getting ready. You need to pray that his day goes well, like pray good things over him, start speaking life and creating space in your heart for him already. Because at the end of the day, when he does come, you will be able to really understand that those prayers of wanting him are now the prayers that you can replace with having him and knowing his real things, but you'll get used to praying for him and having him. And so um, that was such a great piece of advice. And so I do, I don't do it every day because it gets to be sometimes, you know, it just, other things happen in life, you know, family, health issues, other things start to pile on the prayer list, but I try to do at least once, once a week where I'm like, okay, let me sit and think about this. What, what, what do I hope he's feeling today? Uh, what do I hope for in, in not even his physical, but his soul and like, you know, all the things. And so, um, you know, that's, that's how I try to keep some hope in this single season that I'm in. <laughs> you are going to manifest your match because you are living your life authentically as you are. And not that I wasn't like, I, it makes sense to me now. I manifested the match for who I used to be. 
I was just this, like, I had no ambition. <laughs> it was like, this works well. And now coming into who I am, hopefully living in alignment with who I am, I will manifest the match for this, like mm. putting out this energy will bring. So you, at least knowing who you are and living authentically. And I was listening to your um, recent episode with Kelly Rowland and mm-hmm. she was talking about like not littling things and just, and not shrinking and women don't do that. Like, especially, I don't feel like I started coming into this till at least 40, maybe like the last two years, just not apologizing, not shrinking yourself down, just living big. Yeah. I mean, it's a, I think it's a everyday challenge that we put put on ourselves to stand in those big shoes that we have, because we are as, as on purpose as we are, we are also people and this life is scary. This life stuff is hard and is, is, is difficult. No matter if you are a podcaster, a Grammy award winning singer, a pastor, a mom who stay at home, but has, you know, the hardest job in the world because you have to be everything to everyone, or you are a teacher or a dentist or, or you work at the gas station. It doesn't matter where you're a nurse. Like it doesn't matter. We all have really hard lives and really big calls to follow. And so when I was having that combo with Kelly, she was talking about the time in destiny's child when people just really didn't think that they were going anywhere. And they have been trying for so long and they had been rehearsing since they was eight. And at 14, they still were not really like they were signed, but they didn't make it yet. And she just was talking about how she remembers this woman in her mom's life who was literally just the whole time like, mm, you, you, you mm, they're a little thing. They're cute. They, here they go with their little dreams. Now they've sold millions of records are some of some of the most talented women on this planet and do that singularly and as a group. So mm-hmm. I just love that she was able to look back and take gleam from that, that had that person actually believed in her dreams at that time, it wouldn't have been such a fight to like convince others, people in your community to support you. Cause now if that lady or somebody want to ask for a ticket or some support, love, like, <laughs> look. but on the other side, it, it, it sounded like also it fueled them to keep going forward. Yes. You have to believe in your dream no matter what. And sometimes life will put people in your place that um, don't believe in you. So you can be like, oh, oh, they think they, they think I'm joking. OK, let me go harder. And so I, I also love that point. But yeah, it's it's an everyday thing for me. I have to literally like especially putting out Healed Girl era I have had to find versions of myself that I haven't had to tap into in a while. And so I've had to put on a lot of different hats. I've had to yeah. like literally look my anxiety in the mirror and be like, girl, no, we're not doing this today. The anxiety not winning. Let's get back yes. to this like, thing. Like, it's just not going to happen because I've let my anxiety keep me from putting out my own things for years. And I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not allowing my emotions, which change you know, all the time with, you know, everything that happens in my life, whether that is dating, whether it is whatever to stop me from what I'm supposed to do. And so that's where I'm at with it. Like this is an act and not shrinking. Heal girl era is an act for me. And so it's tough. It's like being in the gym and getting this muscle back, but I'm (laughs) learning the habits that I need to be successful in this chapter, in this era of my life. And you've gotten to the point where you will just ask the ask and not talk yourself out of it. Like Kelly, you almost said, you're like, I don't know. And then you like got an opportunity and you took it. Yes. We were at a church conference, Sarah Jakes Roberts, Women Evolve conference. And it is transformative. 40,000 women in the room, 
praising the Lord. It was insanely powerful. I've never seen the spirit like that. It just, and I talked to girls who were like, I was on the floor, but I was talking to girls who were in like the 400s and they were just like, it's, it felt like she was praying for me, like just to me, like it, it with yeah. me in mind. So it's just such an amazing experience. But Kelly and Michelle, Michelle came every day, but Kelly and Mama Tina or Miss Tina came to for, for like a two hour or two sessions. And my sis was getting everything she needed. She was just in such a beautiful like they are clearly raised in the church. They, they, it yeah. was beautiful to watch. So I wasn't going to bother her because I'm like, sis, you know, when you're in a, when you're in prayer posture, you really don't want to talk about work. Like, that's just not the thing. That is right. so, weird. so we, we end up catching eyes and then um, we're leaving and I'm just like, Kelly, and I just pulled it to the side and I'm just like, I love you so much. Like, I, it's so good to see you. I'm so happy for you. And she's like, thanks, boo. And we're just talking and I'm just like, you know, I don't want to ask you this now, but eventually whenever you're ready, I would love to finally have a sit down interview with you. I'd really love to. And she was just like, okay, let's do it. And she gave me her number and <laughs> like literally was like, here's my assistant. Let's figure it out. And I was just like, that is, that is God himself. Yes. So <laughs> I, um, I, I said, all right, Lord, if this is meant to be, then you'll make it be. And every single thing since then has been like God literally pushing me to stop playing games. Like girl, stop playing games. You have that too. Yup. Yes. You need that. You have that yes. too. Yup. You got laid off. Great. I got something for it. Like, it's just different. It's all different, different things that are happening. But at the end of the day, um, Kelly saying yes means the world to me because she's a a childhood, a teenagehood, a womanhood hero of mine. She's been a hero of mine since I was old enough to know who she really was. And um, she's always been kind in my professional career. You meet a lot of celebrities. Some of them are great. Some of them are not so great. And she's always heart first light first work yes. every, after and god opened up gave you that opportunity you're like no like she's praising she's worshiping and then it was like she was right in front of you and then you gain confidence with with everyone and i had a similar story i don't do you know gabby bernstein uh she the universe has your back like she's just a big like manifestation i was speaking like one of the opening speakers for Gab- gabby was like the keynote mm-hmm. and i'm in the front row and i had my show but i'm like gabby like obviously i'd want to interview gabby bernstein but whatever. So I get a God wink. She's mid sentence and she's talking. She's like, those shoes are sick. And she points to my shoes. And I was like, Oh, thank you. Then I was like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) like, I'm gonna shoot my shot. It was the same thing. I was like, I would love to have you on my show. She she was like, yeah, here's my assistant's number. And I was like, it was that easy, but like, I almost didn't ask. And then I wonder to us being like perfectionists, like firstborns, are you ever satisfied? Or do you take like the moment to be like, I just interviewed Kelly Rowland. Or is it like, I finally interviewed Katie Couric. It took a year and yeah. I put out my episode with Katie Couric and I didn't even take that moment. It was like, who, who can I get next? And yeah. I hate that about myself. Yeah. Like, are you ever satisfied or do you take a time to be like, look what I've built and look who I interviewed? Or is it always like kind of looking at the next thing? More squats and margaritas in a moment. Now this. Guys, I have found the magic. And who would I be to not share that magic with you, my loyal squats and margaritas listeners? If you are looking for a little extra something, maybe you're going out with the girls tonight. Maybe you have a date with your husband. Maybe you have a big work event. Maybe you just want to look bomb while you're out on your daily walk. 
you need Rejuvalift. Rejuvalift is a tightening clay that you just tap wherever you need it. Forehead, those little 11s between your eyebrows. I use it on the bags under my eyes, my crow's feet. You tap it wherever you need it. You let it sit in four minutes and the results last for up to seven hours. Make Rejuvalift the first step in your beauty routine. Even before you put on makeup, I have tried it. I am obsessed. It is magic. And now Squats and Margaritas listeners can get 20% off at rejuvaliftbeauty.com using code margaritas. That's R-E-J-U-V-A-L-I-F-T beauty.com and use promo code margaritas. 20% off, free shipping. You're welcome. Now back to squats and margaritas. I think I do a better job of not being so hard on myself because I, I as a, as the oldest, as a Virgo, all the, all the things, like, it's just like you, you really just, my mind is always a hundred tabs <laughs> open, but I, I know that this is a training ground and a meant to be moment in many ways. Um, it's, it's calling p- for parts of myself that I didn't even like anticipate having to come out. Like it's, it's wild, but I do sit and celebrate. Like, even if my friends aren't available, I'll go take myself out to dinner because, or I'll like take flights to Jamaica and be like, girl, you did that. Like I, I do celebrate. And one thing I'm asking and demanding of myself in this season is that I, believe who God says I am. And I believe in the, the, the talent that I have and the faith that I say I have. And so, you know, I'm owning it. I'm not like, I'm humble. I'm like, yes, thank you very much. But yet now I'm like, also like, yeah, I did work really hard. That was really hard. And I made something happen. And our, our more than that, a YouTube series helped me finally get the creative confidence back. Um, because even though I, I host the show, executive producer show, I don't have creative control. So the frustration of not being able to like put everything out that I wanted to, and then also the celebration of seeing something from idea to, you know, fruition, and then it actually be great is, is what I needed to get to this part of my journey. And so I I am am finally in a space where I'm feeling creatively confident and I'm making mistakes and I'm not afraid of them. And that was such a hard thing for me, uh, being vulnerable enough to put yourself out there, even though you really don't know what you're doing all the time, but you're yeah. just trying, you're just showing up and you're just like, hey, I'm going to figure it out. Like, I, I know that I have that capacity to figure it out. My goal would be to scale like you have to like take my show and have the video component and like the team. I get very like, I'm a micromanager and I would just be like, it's hard for me to trust that other people will get the vision. Like talk me through how you got to the point where you're like, I'm sure you just got, it got bigger and you're like, I need a team, but like trusting a team to make this a bigger thing and take it from like a podcast to a YouTube show to like what you've made it. When did you get to that point where you were like, it's not just going to be you and you needed to like trust that other people got the vision. Yes. Yes you know what you want to do. And then you have to have a team, like the team. team around. It's hard for me to delegate at all because it's my yeah. baby. Yeah. I'll talk about heel grow era because I have more hey. understanding of that from, hey. from the, the baby seed to the tree. Yes. Um, but I, for healed girl era, it kind of just came to me and I was just like, I want to do the show, this conversation series. And then 
I knew it was going to be filmed because I've done so many on-camera interviews that have been overly edited. So I was like, well, I'm going to finally allow my, my real personality to shine and be there for the people. And then also I knew that like, I love, I love beautifully shot interviews. So I had my um, inspiration board that had different screenshots of what I expected the set to look like. And I reached out to a few creatives, shout out to Brittany Janae. Um, She's an amazing, amazing DP. And, and, and she helped me figure out how much it would cost to bring this to life. I do just, you know, save, I ain't buying too much. I ain't doing too much. Like it's now I've had to like actually put in my own funds to this. Um, And I understand that, you know, I I won't do that always, but I do know that this is what, where I wanted to start. I wanted it to be a really great start episode. So I also know that I'm not going to rent a home in, you know, the Hills for every guest either. Like for Kelly, I really wanted her to know how much her yes meant to me. So you like, did. you gave you know, her the flowers at the yeah. end. She could feel it like that. Like, I could feel it. <laughs> yeah. And that's what, and I wanted the set to reflect that. Like I wanted everything to reflect that because Kelly is so much of a North star for so many of us. I want her to have all the best in, in, in the world. And so, uh-huh. you know, I was like, okay, we got to get this, that, that. And so really I just made a spreadsheet. My team, my, be- my, my, one of my best, best girls is my assistant. Her name's Raven. You've talked yeah. to her. <laughs> she, she helped me come up with a spreadsheet. So basically what I did was I identified every person on my team that would lead what they know. So Brittany knows video. I had to, I had to let it go in the name of Jesus. I said, all right, can't micromanage <laughs> you. Cause I can't edit. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I can edit on iMovie, but I can't do it on Final Cut. So you leave that. She brings in a team that of all types of people. I need a photographer. I already I know several photographers. Bring in my photographer, pay her, pay Brittany and her team, audio, lighting, um, the space. I had to pay for the space, find it on peer space, you know, make Mm. sure everybody had parking. Um, Then I had to do, you know, making sure that my management that that are helping me produce was able to get, you know, access to everything, pay for the snacks for the set, pay for, make sure the second guest was aligned. So it was a lot. I had to learn how to really tap in. And I learned a lot from that session as well, but you just have to trust that the people that you believe in, know what you're saying, have a, a, a vision that is there. So like make a Pinterest board or something yeah. you can screenshot, have links. What do you want it to look like? Also uh, my designer that I've been working with for a long time, design logo. What does, what did I want that to look like? She and I work together. So you just have to like keep your brain open to a lot of different people. And then once you build it, you can have more of a formula you yeah, but okay. you have to build it and it takes a lot of groundswell and takes a lot of like days where you're just like oh my god oh my god where are you what are you doing do you have so it just you just got to stay yeah. on top of people but you can do it i think that's why i haven't done it because it's like uh just like thinking of it but i, like and I also don't have a two-year-old and a four-year-old so <laughs> you know, that's a different thing oh, you know yeah true but there are podcast studios in atlanta all over I like know. you drop in you test for a podcast studio that and- is interesting do you think that people would, so Pinky, I ended up just doing Zoom and I'm like, I'm right here, but like she's nine months pregnant. Like, I don't want to be like, so Pinky and I, even though I'm here, we did it on Zoom. If I have a bigger guest like that, I don't want to assume that they're going to come to Atlanta to do it. Like, how do you, until uh, I have the numbers to like- I mean, warn. I think it's more like who's in Atlanta that's okay. like- That's, the, so I think Pinky would do it. Maybe not right now, obviously. She did it, but it was virtual. 
<laughs> but but thinking in the future, I got gotcha. you. Stay in Atlanta. Launching, <laughs> Pinky launches something every year. So <laughs> say in six months, she's launching something again and you really believe in it. And you're like, hey, yes. can this time we do it in person? I'll yes. send you a private car or whatever. Like, yeah. just make sure she's easy enough to get there. If right. someone you see that you really want to interview is speaking in Atlanta, reach out to their people. Like, it's the day they announce it. Most people usually do it, like, months in advance. The day they announce it, reach out to their people. Hey, I see they're in town. If they have an hour, I would love to bring them into my podcast speed studio. Not even though it's not Joe. And then I find one. <laughs> and, and, like, I need. But they're available. That's the thing. Yeah. Like it's a lot of content groups and content houses that do podcast production, especially in Atlanta. So true. you know that's why I'm like you know my my that show starts in L.A. But I'm gonna film episodes in D.C. I already did a couple in Atlanta. Like you. Yeah. Don't don't let yourself okay. feel like you can't partner with other creatives to give you what you want. Okay. I have three minutes. Um, dream guest for Heel Girl Era. More squats and margaritas in a moment. Now this. Now back to squats and margaritas. Oprah Winfrey. Okay, put it out there, girl. Put it out there. Yes, Oprah <laughs> Winfrey. I'm trying to think of because there's so many incredible people, but Oprah Winfrey would be amazing. I really want Janae Iko, Lauren London. Um, I'm sure I'm going to have men on eventually. So I would love it. Andre 3000 because I love what he's doing right now. Um, and when I think about, you know, the therapists that that are changing lives, there's Dr. Thema, there's Nedra Tawab, there's Dr. Anita Phillips, um, you know, even having Sarah Jakes on because so much of it started at her conference. Yeah. So like I have a lot of dream guests and a lot of people that um, want to be on it. But my biggest my biggest hope is that it is a space for women to come when they're ready to take off the mask of the world and just be their full selves and tell their full journey uh, and that we can make them feel seen and that, you know, we will have doctors on there too, because healing is a forever journey, but it's also something that if you don't have a therapist, you need help, like you need tools. And so we'll have yes. a mix of doctors and we'll have a mix of public figures who got to the other side of whatever they're going through and also ready to talk about. Cause a lot of people aren't ready to really open up about their journey, but that doesn't mean that they haven't learned things along the way that aren't valuable. And so I hope to have a mix of people who are able to give the audience tools and direction and just points of, of, of traction that they know that they can get through whatever they're going through. You have done that. We have very similar whys in sharing these inspiring stories to make other women feel seen, sharing vulnerable, authentic stories. This is where you're at now. Where do you see this ultimately going for Gia Peppers? What do you, 10 years from now, what is it? 10 years from now, I mean, I always look at Queen Latifah as a career icon. Mm -hmm. uh, so for me, you know, I, I want to continue to do incredible things. I want to help these stories grow. I want to give platforms and I want to get back into singing, acting and dancing. I've always loved that. And so, you know, getting back on stage in that, in that way will be amazing. Hosting on TV will be amazing. And so for me, it just looks like more purpose family. It looks like starting a family, having a husband, it looks like all that. Um, and it looks like owning, owning whoever I am in that moment too, because yes. I've learned that the journey is going to unfold exactly as it should. And, and, and hard things will happen and sad things will happen and big things will happen and great things will happen, but I will be me and I will be okay. And, you know, I'll figure it out. But the, the biggest thing I want is that, you know, this show makes an impact on people's lives. I want people to hit me and be like, gee, 
I was in a meeting the other day and I was about to shrink and I didn't because Kelly told me not to. Yes. So like, that's really what I I want. And then I walked away with that, with that money that I was negotiating for. Like I, I want people to be able to look at it as a, as a touch point of, Ooh, I need some inspiration. Let me turn on the healed girl era or another Gia interview or something like that, because I just want people to know that we live in a loud space. There's a lot of salacious viral things that happen all the time. So there has to be space for the other parts of us to thrive as well. And that's what I want this to, to give. You gave it to me today. Um, listening to the Kelly. Yes. Because I'm going into my single mom era. I'm 42 and I'm just in like a weird spot and just listening to her talk. Like we're the same age and just stop littling people and, and stop shrinking down. Like you gave me that today, listening to Hill girl era. If anybody wants more from you, where can they find you? They can follow me on all things at Gia Peppers on social. And my YouTube channel is Gia.Pepper. So if they want to check out the Healed Girl era, they can uh, podcast, they can check it out there. And yeah, uh, GiaPeppers.com has everything. So if you want to just go to GiaPeppers.com, that is the place to be. You are goals, you are magic. And I can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Erin. I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much for listening to the Squats and Margaritas podcast. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of Squats and Margaritas. Squats and Margaritas.